You're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. Got the whole crew here today. Chris Parliament and Brandon Piller. Lost to get to the Sens. Have won three straight games. Seven of nine. We'll recap last night's big 4-1 win against the New York Rangers. Belleville, shorthanded, no problem. They got their first win more than a goal. 6-3, the victory over the Binghamton Devils almost said Senators there. And uh, we preview tonight's game. They're on the road in Allentown against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. We'll get into all the reasons why and more. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today is November 23rd, and boys, the Senators are never going to lose another game. It doesn't look like it, Ross. It only took a minute last night for the Sens to hop on the board, and Thomas Shabbat, a sweet one under the bar. I mean, he's looked better and better. A little bit of uh, talk has been going around about Thomas Shabbat, especially on the power play, about how he's not getting it done. But last night, he looked good, and uh, good starts, not really a problem for the Sens lately, eh, Pilsy? Yeah, well, and Ross, you tweeted out from the the Send Central Locked On Centers podcast Twitter account. If you're not already following us, go ahead and follow us at, at Send Central on Twitter. But you tweeted out that for the first time this year, Bodog had the Sens as favorites. And I wonder how many times it's happened that a team who is supposed to be a rebuilding team has been a favorite when they call up three guys from the AHL that day. <laughs> like... The, the league really is starting to take notice of the Red Hot Senators, and you said it, three straight for the boys. I don't think they'll ever lose again. Good thing that uh, I went full degenerate and bet them on the puck line, which was an easy money victory last night. And hey, they got another backup goalie, not to throw dirt in his tomb, but Henrik Lundqvist is not Henrik Lundqvist anymore. He was, uh, I'd say, a little shaky at best, especially right off the bat, that Shabbat short side from down low. Great shot, but I mean... Hank yeah. likes to play deep in his net already, and that one went right over his shoulder. And you know what? It's weird for the Senators to hop out like that and show a goaltender kind of what happens to the Senators all the time. And they shot him 19 to 9 in the first period. So, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist got a taste of a lot of pucks. He's one of those guys, him and Mike Smith, I put him in the same category, like older guys that all somehow come out and have like a 52 save shutout. Wasn't happening last night. Shabbat broke that early. But yeah, 19 shots on net for the Senators in the first period alone. That's uh, that's pretty big, pretty big numbers for a Senators team that doesn't usually put a lot of pucks on net. Well, yeah, Chris, they, uh, I tweeted out last night that they averaged right around 29 shots per game. That's uh, 23rd in the league for shots per game. So to get 19 in the first period, mind you, the Rangers aren't, aren't exactly uh, a pinnacle of success defensively wise, even though they do have some <laughs> studs there with uh, Fox and Truba. But man, to get out to a hot start like that, and especially to score a goal in the first minute of the game at home. I think when the Sens can do that, especially at home, that they're going to have a really good uh, chance at winning games because the kids' confidence just skyrockets when you're playing with that lead instead of trying to play catch-up like they had been to start most games at the start of this season. Yeah, buzzing early is definitely something DJ Smith's got him go- doing. Uh, I think this starts to show, too, and then, again, you mentioned it earlier, they're, they had three guys up 
but I think the depth is starting to show. Like Ross mentioned it yesterday on the podcast. It's kind of funny to look at the lines and say, wow, there's actually like 11 or 12 NHL players on that unit right now. And I mean, it's showing the depth is starting to show, especially with 19 shots on net. They're able to stay on the gas pedal and stay on the gas pedal consistently, or sorry, consistently in the first period. And it shows in the shot totals. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Logan Brown with his first career NHL goal. Pilsy, let's take us through it. Guys, I think every podcast we've done, we've mentioned Logan Brown and how close he's been to getting that first career NHL goal. And I talked about it. It's going to be funny to see his celly after that goal because he's been so close so many times. You'd think it'd be a delayed reaction. But holy, there's no delayed reaction when you have the time and space that Logan Brown had on the power play and just snipe it past King Hank for that goal. He was fired up right away. And you got to love Brady Kachuk getting him that puck. Of course, Brady's the guy that knows that that's his first career goal and scoops up that puck for his buddy. So you love to see that, especially on the power play. Like, the power play hasn't been clicking. So for the kid to get his first NHL goal that way, instead of it bouncing off of him or it's a garbage goal, like, I feel like most people, that's how their first career NHL goal goes. Not Logan Brown. Yeah, Brady's first NHL goal, we didn't really know, but then he put an exclamation mark on it, flying down and scoring from top of the circle against Philadelphia. But yeah, you mentioned it last night. We've talked about the Senators struggling a little bit on special teams, and you mentioned it there, Pilsy, but wow. I don't think I've ever seen anybody that wide open on a power play. Like, he had all day. And what we mentioned it as well earlier this morning when we were talking off air. It was kind of nice for him. He didn't release it right away. You know, he, he's kind of got that poise to him where he walked in. He got the puck around the top of the circle, but he walked into the hash mark. He got it below the dots and then shot. And that was pretty good to see. I mean, he had all the time in the world and space to do so, but he didn't panic. And he walked in. Beautiful shot. And we mentioned it a little bit earlier too, Bilzi, that when we were at the uh, Rico Coliseum a couple years ago watching the rookie tournament, he walked in and had a shot kind of similar to that. So we know he's got the release. He's a long body, but he seems to get that shot off quickly. And I think that's a, something we're going to see a lot more of. And it's nice to see him get it going. And we talked about it a lot, him joining the power play and causing some stuff and getting some production going. And he certainly showed he can do that. And it's nice to see him walk in from the point somewhere where uh, hopefully Senators fans will get used to seeing him. Stick taps to Logan Brown, first of many career NHL goals. And he wasn't the only guy buzzing on the power play. Anthony Duclair, a lot of his points and goals have been at even strength, but we saw he's added penalty killing to his arsenal. And how about that clapper on the five-on-three parlay? Man, that power play... The puck was like a, it was like pinball watching that puck go around. I think that's a good unit to have. Lots of guys were on down low, and I think they set up the perfect home plate with Brady Kachuk out not out front, who was flopping around like a fish. He could not stay on his feet. There's a couple moments where it was almost like, hey, don't shoot here. We might have a Matt Calvert situation. Hopefully, he's doing all right. But having Pajot and Ennis able to kind of bounce it around that quickly below the dots and then give it out front to a guy like that, we saw the results last night. Anthony Duclair able to step into one, and Hank, again, it's tough to rough up a Hall of Famer on the show, but, I mean, he didn't have a chance on that clap or beat him club side clean. It was often on and off of Duclair's stick in a hurry, and, yeah, that power play starting to look good, both units. Yeah, and especially, you you talked about how the power play looks a little different uh, recently, and Anthony Duclair, he doesn't get that opportunity if that power play isn't cycling the puck, like you mentioned, and rotating around. Because if you look back at that goal, 
Declare is basically in Shabbat's power play position because yeah. they cycled and switched sides. And I think just that quick movement, that makes the, the penalty kill. Their box has to spread out a little and say, okay, Shabbat's moved over here. We got to cover him. And by the time they make that move, that opens up that the top of the umbrella for that power play for Declare just to wire it home with one of the fastest slap shots I think I've seen him take all year. And he does his uh, signature celly, the stick twirl, and in the holster. You gotta love that. Day by day, Anthony Declare is becoming one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Sens player. I don't know how Pierre Dorian didn't walk down to the bench and hand him a contract right after that because that <laughs> was beautiful. Another guy playing for a contract continues to roll on Jean Gabriel Pajot with two assists. And Anders Nielsen, he must have seen the saves that both Marc Andre Fleury and Tuukka Ras made because he had his own sprawling glove save on a two-on-one pass. I think it was two-one at that point, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's one of those momentum-changing saves that it's uh, eerily reminiscent to when Craig Anderson came. He had like the end of the season in 2011 where he showed up and he went on a bit of a run, just like Nielsen came midway through last year, and then he continued that into the following year. I can't see Nielsen slowing down. He has had a couple games. The Carolina one jumps in the head where um, maybe things don't go his way, but all goalies do. But when this guy is on, guys, he's yeah. a top goalie. Goalie-friendly show, obviously. And having a guy like Honors Nielsen, Ross, you talked about a little earlier, having that goal in the top first minute gets the boys, like the young guys going. But having a backbone like an Honors Nielsen and even a Craig Anderson where you just know your goaltender is going to keep you in hockey games and keep games tight, that's got to be huge for the confidence of these guys where they can play a little bit looser. A guy like Thomas Shabbat can play up a little bit more knowing that he's got a goaltender that can make saves on two-on-ones. It allows you, obviously you don't want to be giving up odd man chances, but I mean, hey, when you've got a goaltender like that staying hot and keeping you in games, it's got to be a huge confidence boost and a little bit more of a leash. Just lets you play up the ice a little bit more. 19 shots in the first period. Again, allowing them to play up the ice is huge for young guys. Yeah, and, and Nielsen... Well, Anderson, you can include in this, too. I feel like somebody's got to remind these these kids and the goalies now, too. We're a rebuilding team. Maybe a le- let a couple uh, soft ones in and we uh, don't get <laughs> two points three nights in a row. But he almost had the shutout, which, unfortunately, he ends up putting one in his own net. But, Ross, as a goalie, you can appreciate that. Sometimes those point shots, especially a low shot, it definitely was going wide, but it was close enough that you're not sure whether you want to leave it alone or try to kick it out or, as he tried to do, poke it out to the corner so that your defenseman can scoop it up and clear it. But that one just knocks into his own net, and that ruins the shutout. But other than that, he had a spectacular game. And I mentioned before, I want to see Nielsen as the uh, pretty much the starter, like the 1A to the 1B. I want to see Nielsen getting about 50 games a year because – He's going to be the future of this team. He's got a two-year deal this year and next year at a nice price of $2.6 million, if I'm not mistaken. So Nielsen can keep rolling on, but maybe lose a couple games here and there so we're not uh, <laughs> not racking up points too much. Unless the Sharks, hopefully they can uh, tank for us and get that pick uh, nice and high for next draft lottery. Speaking of draft lotteries, of course, the Ottawa Senators drafted fourth in 2018. Just want to go for a, a fun little stat. Brady Kachuk had nine shots on goal last night. He had all nine of them through 40 minutes. So it was uh, a record book check because Jason York's franchise record of 12 shots in a game was in jeopardy. But of course, the uh, Sens had four shots in the uh, 
in the entire third period and Brady had none of them. But what was also impressive is that not only did Brady have nine shots on goal, he only had nine shot attempts. So every time he put the puck towards the net, it was on goal. So nice little impressive uh, stat there for Brady Kachuk. He almost should get other shot totals as well because of the amount of work he does to get pucks towards the net, bodying guys out front knocking the defenseman out of the way to block shots. There's a lot of times where pucks get on net because he's doing something outside of the shot. You know what I mean? He's creating lanes for other shooters and stuff like that. So he's, he's a great guy to have on the squad because he allows stuff like that to happen. And again, if you're putting nine shots on net on nine attempts, you're obviously shooting from a place where you're going to have some success. So yeah, Jason York can sleep another night knowing he still holds the record, but uh, yeah, Thomas Shabbat came close. Yeah, it's almost no. It's uh, Brady Kachuk there with, with the nine shots on goal. It's also yeah, yeah. also good to see after zero for seven the combined two last games against Detroit and Montreal. The Sens power play got back on track with two goals. Uh, they had five attempts. So uh, another thing that's good to see and and hasn't happened very often this year is the Senators out shooting their opponent as well. Thirty nine shots on goal uh, to the Rangers thirty one. So all in all, an impressive win. I think. Uh, I we I kind of laughed because yesterday on the show we said uh, that the Rangers were maybe a step along in the rebuild past the Sens, but they look uh, not very good. Yeah, no, we talked about uh, their blue line kind of showing the youth yesterday as well with a lot of young guys coming up, Libor Hayek playing top line minutes and stuff like that. But it starts to show where guys across 60 minutes, it's tough to keep pucks out of your own end when you've got a lot of young guys learning the game at the NHL level. But we would be remiss to say. Again, we mentioned it yesterday on the show. We do think they're a step ahead just because of their Hartford numbers in the AHL. Hartford 11-2, and two, I do believe. Belleville, definitely uh, some work to do in the North Division. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Belleville in a minute, Pilsy. I just want to mention one more stat here about the Sens because a lot of the talk was about the decor switching it up. Christian Yarosh this morning, uh, this being November 23rd, uh, he's been reassigned to Belleville. He should be in the lineup tonight. I would assume he's meeting them over in Allentown before their game against the Phantoms. But he played 10 minutes and 21 seconds last night, had four penalty minutes, uh, two hits, and was a minus one, where Maxime Lajoie played nine minutes and 44 seconds, had the one shot, one hit, and one block as well. Important to mention, too, with him going back down, if you're wondering what's going on with the lineup, it is just a personal reason that Nikita Zaitsev's over in Russia. He's not injured or anything, and he is expected to be back in the lineup against Columbus on Monday. So if you're wondering why a senator's going back down to Belleville, it's because we will have Nikita Zaitsev back for Monday night. Yeah, and just quickly going back to, uh, we were kind of deconstructing the Rangers lineup there. Important to note, too, Mika Zibanejad out for the Rangers. True. Whenever you're missing your top center, that's really going to shake up the lineup and cause a you lot of... You mean like Artem Anisimov? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's going to cause a lot of defensive breakdowns. And uh, Parley, you also mentioned the Hartford Wolfpack, who are uh, a hot team. I think you said they only had two losses. The, the Belleville Senators, they handed them those two losses uh, just a couple weeks ago. So that goes to show that uh, all around this Senators organization, you're getting the wheels going and getting some W's. Well, hey, let's get right. Machine, boys. Let's get right into it then. The Belleville Senators defeated the Binghamton Devils 6-3. to And the guys you want to see score led the way. Drake Batherson with a goal and three assists. Vitaly Abramov, two goals, two assists, four points each for them. They scored six goals on just 22 shots. Was that Corey Schneider? 
Or geez, just somebody <laughs> strapping on the pads and putting his jersey on. My goodness. First win of the season with more than one goal differential, which is a huge, huge play. Um, what did you guys think of last night's performance for Bell? Well, let's just mention off the top, Corey Schneider, I've never seen a guy with the yips last longer. Like, how does this guy go from elite status in Vancouver in possibly one of the most notable 1A, 1B situations in NHL history in the crease and then can't stop a puck in the AHL? It's unbelievable how far he's fallen. But back to the Belleville Senators, Drake Batherson continuing to get it done. And, I mean, Vitaly Bramov has a huge amount of talent as well. But, I mean, playing on a line with Drake Batherson right now, you're almost guaranteed to put up a couple points. Yeah, and just a quick note, guys. Corey Schneider did not start last night. It was actually Evan Cormier. Uh, but either, no matter what name is on the back of the jersey and net there, when you let six goals in on 22 shots against, that's not a good showing at all. And... Good for the Sens because this is a team that they should beat up on. And they've had a couple games. They played the Bridgeport uh, Sound Tigers twice. And that's a terrible, terrible AHL team. And they only managed to beat them by one goal. We talked about it already that the Sens have only, all their wins are just one goal wins. So to beat up on a team like this 6-3, especially when you've got an absolute disaster of a decor with uh, just gluing together PTOs and ECHL guys together to be able to put up six goals on 22 shots is really impressive. And you knew if they were going to have any chance in this game, they were just going to have to play a run and gun style. And that fit perfectly into Drake Batherson and Abramov's hands. Did you see the one play Abramov had? He was on the side wall and he found Batherson back door. He threaded the pass perfectly to him. And that was a gift for Batherson to put that one in. And our, our boy Josh Norris and Formanton also got goals. So the players you want to see doing well are starting to pick up and they're they're humming along. I got to de-slander Corey Schneider, at least for this time. It was Evan Cormier in goal uh, last yeah. night for uh, Binghamton. But Corey Schneider has, what, two years left at $6 million on his contract after this one. The fact that he's even wearing a be- uh, bingo jersey uh, says enough. Rudy Balsers with an assist. Jordan Suarez with a goal and a helper as well. Um, Josh Norris, you mentioned that he scored. I want to four shots on goal. He's at the top of the league. Uh, if you look at shot attempts, and that's a great place to be. If you don't remember, he was hurt at the uh, at the World Juniors last year. So he missed the entire second half of the year. I don't think he resumed skating until past development camp for sure. So into the summer and had a slow start, albeit I don't think anyone's surprised. You're coming into the pro game. You're learning. Uh, you're getting back from an injury. Well, he's got 13 points in his last 13 games in the AHL. So really adjusting and uh, finding a home. Oh, seems like whoever plays with Drake Batherson can uh, gain chemistry in a hurry. Yeah, and a quick note on Josh Norris is last year he was absolutely lighting up at the University of Michigan, and he was a guy that I liked watching him play because he played his role well. He used his body. He was a guy that can beat you with speed outside but then kind of lean on you to get to the net. There's a lot of guys, like an Anthony Duclair, for example, who can beat you with straight speed. He's kind of a quick twitch guy, whereas Josh Norris is a powerful skater. His stride is going to beat you when you're backing up as a defender, and his drive to the net's impressive. So it's exciting to see him get that going at the uh, pro level as well because he's he's a man in a man's body, so he's able to use that well against other guys his age. Marcus Hogberg got the win for the Belleville Sens. He made 24 saves, just allowing the three goals, able to bring his uh, win-loss record back to even at 6-6 and on the season. 
still the save percentage below 900. He's going to want to write that. Do you think he'll get the opportunity to do that tonight, or will it be Philip Gustafson between the pipes? Well, I mean, if this is a goalie-friendly show, we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that, again, he's got a glued-together blue line in front of him, so the save percentage is going to drop a little bit when they're good looks, especially from guys that are playing just up and not really playing together. So there's going to be a lot of holes in the defensive zone there. So it's tough numbers wise for a goaltender. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Phil Gust- Philip Gustafson in net tonight, just because it's a back-to-back situation. Yeah. And I mean, like you've got a guy in Philip Gustafson, who's a highly touted prospect, second, second round pick Philly franchise is a guy's nickname for God's sakes. Like if you can't trust this guy enough to put him in, on a back-to-back situation on the road, nonetheless, what's he doing here? Honestly, if it's at, if it's come to that point where you need Hogberg to start back-to-backs on the road, you gotta you gotta get him down to Brampton because there's no point in having him here when you could have a guy like Joey Decord here in in Belleville and you can have Gustafson going down and playing at a lower competition because y- your goalie's gotta play and playing back-to-backs. For a goalie in the minors is is a hard role. I mean, you're riding the buses, you're playing with a decor that's been glued together for you uh, with PTOs and ECHL players. So it's not fair to Hogberg to push him this hard. And especially if you want Hogberg to last down the stretch, which if Belleville keeps winning like this, they're going to they're uh, heading for the playoffs. So you want to keep him. Uh, fresh for that long run so you got to be able to start Gustafson back-to-backs I expect to see him in there tonight otherwise we got a whole lot more to talk about there yeah we'll keep an eye on that and um, as always you can follow at footy on air our friend of the show David Foote I'm sure when coach Trent man or Troy Troy man makes an announcement Trent being the uh, director of scouting for the Sens but his brother um, Troy man when he makes an announcement tonight you will be the first to know through David Foote's Twitter account. Now we got to get to some news and notes around the organization, including a prospect update. And I think that's where I want to start because there's a lot of hate. Oh, stop me if you've heard this before about a Sens draft pick. First pick of the second day, Shane Pinto. Well, the Pinto bean didn't strike once. He struck twice last night as North Dakota picked up their 10th straight win on home ice. He was ranked a B-level prospect in the TSN's core four under under 24, which we'll get to on next episode of Locked On Senators. But Shane Pinto, have a start to the season. Yeah, that North Dakota team starting to look like another uh, feeder system for the Senators. As John, or Jacob Bernard Docker, almost did it again, Ross, Jonathan, Jacob. With Shane Pinto scoring goals in North Dakota, that's, that's a big one because, like you said, there was a couple names in that draft where Sens fans were saying, who? But Shane Pinto is starting to make his name a little more uh, recognizable, and especially when you're putting up a couple goals. And they were nice goals as well. So it's nice to see him get going again for North Dakota. Yeah, and if while we're on the uh, topic of prospects, hashtag goalie-friendly show. So let's take a look at some of the goalie prospects that we're looking at. I spoke uh, about Joy Decord, Decord pardon me, earlier, and he just had a big win. Uh, Brampton, they won 8-3 on November 17th. He stopped 22 of 25 shots, so a good game for Joey there. He's been a bit of a streaky guy, so I can see why maybe they're trying to give him a little more time in Brampton so that he can get a little more consistent. And then heading over to the WHL, you got the 
massive Mad Sogard, six foot seven kid. He's only 18 years old, turns 19 next month. He's been similar to Decord. He hasn't really been consistent. If you're looking at his game logs, it goes win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So he's the kind of guy who, if he doesn't get a lot of shots, he kind of struggles. And that's usually the games where they're losing uh, in Medicine Hat. So he did pick up a win. Uh, on the 16th, but then dropped the next game, letting in four goals. So this is a guy that he's got a lot of time. I mean, an 18-year-old prospect, he's in the dub right now. You're going to see a lot of him playing for Madison Hat, and hopefully he can uh, rise through the ranks, and we'll see him in Belleville in a couple of years, uh, either starting or backing up uh, Gustafson or Decord. Absolutely. Well said, Pilsy. Well, the Ottawa Senators are off for the rest of the weekend. Well-deserved as they've won three straight and seven of their last nine games. They'll be in Columbus on Monday. And remember, if you're so worried about the tank, every win that Ottawa gets against Columbus pushes them down. They own Columbus's <laughs> second-round pick. Maybe so they'll get the Shane Pinto pick, the number one in the in the second round if they, uh, Columbus keeps struggling. And meanwhile, we talk Belleville. They're up against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms tonight. We'll preview Monday's game, recap Belleville's game on tomorrow's show. I'm Ross Levitan for Chris Parliament and Brandon Piller. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Send Central. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, you can email me at rosslevitan at gmail.com. Have a safe Saturday, and we'll talk tomorrow. Go Sens, go.